The NFL trade deadline is here, and even at 3-4, and four, the Chargers should absolutely still be making a move. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for eight seasons now together, and this is our sixth year as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today, and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Happy Halloween, everybody. Today, we got to start with why the Chargers absolutely should be making a move at the trade deadline, even after a little bit of a scary start. And then we got to get into the biggest storylines and overreactions for the Chargers. Yeah, a lot every week for the Chargers, as Chargers fans know. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. David, the trade deadline is here. And for the Chargers, they're in a weird spot because they're 3-4. and four. They're not in the thick of things. The playoffs are still a long shot for them at this point. But there are obvious holes in this rosters and deficiencies that the Chargers could, you know, help out by making a move at the deadline. So instead of our normal Chargers buy or sell today, of course, since it's Halloween, we are doing trick or treat. So, David, the first trick or treat is this. The Chargers should be making a move at the deadline. It's a treat. Absolutely a treat. The, I am not ever a person that is wanting the Chargers to not and try to improve their roster, not try to make moves, not try to turn over every stone, turn over every leaf to go out there and try to improve their football team, especially when there's some obvious deficiencies that you feel like the Chargers could make some very subtle, simple moves that could greatly impact or improve the roster. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is just – what you're willing to give up because the Chargers were also in an interesting spot because next year their cap situation is already really bad so you can't really go find (laughs) big contracts that are going to add on to what you already have to you know trim down in 2024 so you're either looking for experienced you know cheaper options or you're looking for young players who are on a rookie contract that are going to cost more right and then the other part of it is how much are you willing to send away in a trade in a season that's not looking like it's heading for the playoffs this is the problem you can't tell this team right now that you're out of it, right? You can't send that message. And I think if if your seller's at the deadline, unless it's someone who's obviously going to, you know, is someone that's been a cancer in the locker room, right? Something like a JC Jackson situation, Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to convince the veterans and guys who are getting up there in age in this locker room that you're still committed to going for it this season. You also combine that with the fact that, you know, Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley are probably fighting for their job right now and how much they would be, intrigued by actually you know making this roster worse which if you get rid of someone like austin Eckler, you would be getting worse we saw that in the last game how much how important he is right and how big of a piece of the offense he can be but david i think when you're looking at what the chargers could trade for i think tight end is something that makes a lot of sense i think if you want cornerback depth you're extremely extremely shallow there and even could you know bring in someone that could improve on maybe the slot corner position i mean i think there's a few different spots where you could say hey you could improve this 
without even really sending that much away, right? Maybe it's a pick swap late in the draft, which is something that's been all the rage this year. I'd be willing to do a sixth or a seventh round pick swap, right? To upgrade the Chargers at blocking tight end, right? Like something like that feels like it could make a huge difference for a team that is totally lacking that at the moment. Yeah, don't expect the Chargers to be going out there and getting anybody like Hunter Henry or Cole Komet or even Jalen Johnson, who just you know recently said that he wanted to get a trade out of Chicago. Definitely no Devonte Adams. You know, none of that's going to happen. As much as we would Jalen Johnson would love. be great though. Yeah, Devontae yeah. Oh, Adams man. would be nice. You, are you kidding me? Pairing him DeAndre with, with Hopkins Asante? isn't coming through those doors. Yeah, right. Now yeah. it's, it's not happening. But it doesn't have to happen. I mean, honestly, I feel like. Daniel Popper brought up a very good option. Uh, it's uh, the blocking tight end from the Minnesota Vikings, Josh Oliver, who has been a fantastic run blocker. I, mean, I think you know you saw it when they uh, ran against the Chargers where they hadn't done yeah. anything really the entire season in the running game. They were able to get it together against the Chargers in that game, but we're just yeah. talking about subtle moves. You can't sit here and, again, tell me that you can't find someone that's not even just a little bit better than Trey McKitty. I mean, it's sure. it's got it's got to happen, right? There's plenty of options out there. And also, I just feel like it's the Chargers saying that they've identified an issue and been able to go out there and address that issue by making a move. And they're not too proud to not try to improve this roster and admit exactly. the state mistakes that were made in the offseason. Like, yeah. some things you couldn't be avoided. Like, if they wanted to try to get a center, right? I think right. Daniel Power brought up Dan, uh, David Andrews or something yeah. from the Patriots. Because you're looking for failing teams, right? Like, right. you're looking for teams. Josh Oliver with, you know, Kirk Cousins blowing his Achilles out. He could be someone that would be an obvious sell for a team that really has to rebuild and kind of has to reset this year anyway. Yeah. Other options like that, like even 38-year-old, or I don't even, he might even be 40-year-old, Mercedes Lewis at this point is someone who would be a huge addition. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Wasting away in Chicago, who you just sent, you know, basically made sure is going to be kind of out of the thick of things yep. in the NFC, right? He would be someone that would be a major improvement for the Chargers. Definitely. Jeff Swain would be another guy who would be a major improvement. Cardinals. Bears, me up. teams that aren't doing well, right? Like, those are who you should be targeting, and yes. those teams will be willing to give away a lot of these players. Yeah, because they're already playing for less next than year. what their value is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just trying to get anything, and they're not exactly. like people rate draft picks so high, but like Max Duggan was a seventh round pick this year. What happened to Max Duggan, right? He's on the practice squad now, but he's waived. Like, he, he yeah. didn't even need to be drafted necessarily nope. if they could bring him in as an undrafted free agent. And any team could go pick up Max Duggan at any time. They if you want to trade a seventh round pick to bring in someone who's going to give you a better chance this year, I think you absolutely have to do it. If it's a late round pick yes. without, you know, mortgaging your future, I think you do it. And I think as far as making a move, I just don't think it makes much sense for the Chargers to be sellers. Like, and if you do sell on someone like Austin Eckler, you you know, potentially costing yourself a compensatory pick mm -hmm. if the right, you know, deal comes through, but like losing Austin Eckler makes you a lot worse, makes your offense worse this year. So let's get into this trick or treat here, David. We talked about if they should make a move. Trick or treat this. The Chargers will make a move at the trade deadline. Man, I, I want to say treat so badly be, because I want them to make a move, but also I know the Chargers, and I, I, I know that they don't make moves. So and they never the answer, have, right? That's and they the have, and thing. they and they never have. Yeah, under they have Tom Telesco, they've never made a, a midseason addition or really any addition outside of like Khalil Mack, but it's never happened. There's no precedent for it under this regime. That's exactly right. I mean, and there, there it is right there. The proof is in the pudding. The Chargers don't really make trades to acquire players. They don't really make trades at all. So yeah. it has to be a trick in this situation. They're not going to do it. I would be flabbergasted and overjoyed if it did happen, but I don't see it at all. 
Yeah, I mean, the only moves they've made even around the deadline where they traded Desmond King and he had turned into kind of a locker room cancer had, you know, really made Anthony Lynn upset. Something had oh, gone yeah. in there behind the scenes, right? And also before that, Dontrell Inman, mm-hmm. who they traded to the Bears uh, for a conditional draft pick, you know, when Phillip Rivers yeah. was still the quarterback. So, like, that is kind of the history of the Chargers making moves near the deadline. I think yeah. what you're wondering this year is the desperation Will the desperation of Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley urge them to make a move? I mean, yeah. they are fighting for their jobs, no matter how you're slicing Without a it, doubt. Right? It's really, really hard to believe. And almost, I'm going to say, just impossible to believe that both of those guys will be back if the season keeps going at this current trajectory. I agree. You just got to win, you know, to bring you one game out of 500. You're one game away from kind of getting back into the mix in the AFC. Yep. You're not there yet, right? Nope. Things aren't totally back on track. Yeah, I'm going to trick that if we're talking about that as far as yep, the Chargers that's a totally trick for being sure. back on track. They're not there yet, but they brought themselves close enough. I think this would send a good message to this team of, hey, I agree. we're not waiting. We're not going to waste a prime year of Keenan Allen balling out. We're not going to waste a prime year of Joey Bosa or Holy any of Mac. these giant contracts, right? Yeah. That like, yeah, like we're, we're trying to make the most of your prime right now right hey we restructured these guys in the offseason to keep them together let's go out there and add to this roster and make the most out of this completely yeah and you get you know an extra day this week to work somebody in it might take a couple weeks to actually get this person up to speed like that's all part of the process but in the long haul feels like it would be very worth it for sure so i agree i i think you know if they want to make a small move they should like they should really try to improve one of those positions and if not, though, you know, that's pretty much been status quo for the Chargers. But I think I have a good buy or sell or trick or treat that we have to get into, David. And that is, is the Chargers defense improving while the offense is getting worse? We're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about one of my favorite things ever. And of course, I'm talking about DoorDash and DoorDash and Sundays go hand in hand, right? Because the thing is, is once the football slate starts, you do not want to leave your couch, let alone your house. So the best news is you can get whatever restaurant or even groceries delivered right to your doorstep. And that is huge during game day, especially. And also if you're a Chargers fan, you don't want to be seen in public because of what the Chargers have done to you. DoorDash is perfect, but we love to look at the local restaurants and the restaurant that we're locked on this week is the Kettle, something that you can find in Manhattan Beach in the Los Angeles area. But if you don't want to drive out there, the good news is you can get it delivered to you on DoorDash. So if you're in breakfast mood, make sure to try the hangover scramble or the buttermilk biscuits and country gravy. Or if you're looking for dinner, you have to try the French onion soup or the pot roast. Right now, you can even save some money on those things because you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. All right, David, we're getting into our Halloween version of buy or sell here with trick or treat. And we had something that we kind of brought up in our own group chat, right? That turned it into a discussion. We said, hey, this kind of has to be on the show because it's a good question. And that is this, David, trick or treat. The Chargers defense is actually imp- or Chargers defense is improving more than the Chargers offense. Trick or treat. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, uh, I think if you would have started the year with this question, you would have to say that the offense looked fantastic, right? I mean, going yeah. up against the Miami Dolphins, they had some pretty good balance. They ran the ball extremely effectively. But here, more recently, uh, I don't think that that's the case. So I- I'm going to have to go 
with a treat. I do feel like that the Chargers defense right now is playing better football and they are improving. And I, I think you see it in the numbers. Obviously, the first half of the Kansas City Chiefs game was not great. You know, they got absolutely yeah. torched in that one, but they were able to make the adjustment at halftime and they limited Travis Kelsey to three catches for 39 yards and only gave up one touchdown in that second half. And, and it then, was after a 50-yard punt return too, right? right? That's the other important thing. It could have exactly. easily been a second-half shutout against the Chiefs. Yeah. Hundred percent, and then you know, going into the Chicago Bears game, I mean, you we, you all just saw what they did. You know, they they held that that rushing offense that was exploding uh, to under seventy five yards rushing on on the yeah. game, and you know, they basically could have had an, another shutout in this one. And you know, they only gave up a, a garbage time touchdown at the end of it, but you know, they've definitely greatly improved. And the Chargers' offense, on the other hand, they've really stifled, especially in the second half of games where you know they've only scored. 16 points in the last in the second half of the last four games combined which is disgusting i mean that yeah. is not good i mean they've had great first halves but horrible second halves i think the chargers defense you can see it in the, in in their pass coverage in their in their run defense they've gotten better week over week yeah and, and it's tough Right, because if you're looking at it just on paper, like the Chargers are ninth per game in, in points per game on offense, right. and they're ninth worst in points per game allowed by their defense, right? So, like, the offense statistically has been better sure. than the defense has, and it's not particularly close. No. But when you watch this team, you can see the trends, and we're talking about improvement, right? And yeah. I think the biggest thing that's hard to parse here is if the Chargers defense is getting better or they're just playing really bad teams, right? Because that's fair. two of the last four games, you've had Chicago and Las Vegas, but also in three of the last four games, you've allowed 20 points or less. Yeah. Like, that is pretty impressive. You know what I mean? And in the, Ch so. the Chiefs game, obviously, that should have been 24 points they allowed. And, like, they look so much better once they started playing the right defense against the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think the, the hard thing for the defense as well is you played four really good offense offenses so far. You have the two top-scoring offenses in the league you've played, the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And then yeah. you've also played two top-10 offenses in yards per game in the Chiefs and the Vikings when they still had Justin Jefferson and they were much more, you know, and formidable. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins, exactly. I mean, who just diced up the 49ers defense. So, like, yep. it, it's really hard, but, like, the Chargers' offensive struggles in the second half and just how bad that's been, not good enough. I mean, shut yeah. out twice in the second half in the last four games. In this last game, you get six points, right? You have a fumble, you have drops, you just can't get things together, can't put the game away on your offense. Just and sputter. I think the big part of that, David, is the Chargers running game. When you're trying yeah. to put teams away, if you can't run the football, it's going to be really, really hard to do. So the trick or treat is this. The Chargers offense won't be fixed until they fix the running game. Yeah, I mean, th that's that's a treat. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, you look at the top five teams in rushing yards per game. It's the Miami Dolphins at six and two. The Cleveland Cleveland Browns at four and three, the Ravens at six and two, the Cardinals at one and seven. I don't know how to explain <laughs> that one. Um, and then the 49ers at five and three. But four out of those five teams are plus five hundred football teams. And it's all because they can run the football in the second half of games when the other team knows that you're gonna run it and they are able to have success anyway. It helps you maintain and grind the clock away and it helps you keep the chains moving and stay on the football field. The Chargers have not done that at all. They have beat their heads against a the wall. They have not gotten any push in the running game. And it seems like they've been very predictable with their running calls as well. So all of that has been a mixture as to why I feel like 
the Chargers need to get this running game going to be able to turn themselves into a good football team. You can't put good teams away if you can't run the ball. And I think a big thing here is that Justin Herbert's struggles in the second halves and game le- games leading up to the Bears game was a much bigger, got a much bigger spotlight than just the total lack of the running game. Because yeah. it's like Justin Herbert, if he struggles in the second half, all the attention is going to go to him. But Always. A big part of those struggles, besides having a broken left middle finger, is him actually being able to have a running game to rely on, have a, a, a full offense around him, right? Because yeah. the running game and the pass protection are both huge, right? Like, yeah. I, that, that's why I, I, if I were to trick this, it would be because, like, if the running game's good, but the pass protection's still bad, your offense isn't going to be fixed, right? Sure. That, that's the big yeah. thing. So I guess I would trick it in that sense. Yeah. But it would go such a long way in not just getting your offense better, but also being able to finish games. I mean, the Chargers yes. are fourth in first half points in 2023. They're 27th in second half points. That's not a good offense if if you're that bad and that inconsistent in the second half. Yeah. And if you're looking at time of possession, I think this is really telling about the struggles in the running game. They're 27th in time of possession in the second half as well because they're not able to sustain drives. And and the bigger thing, like we talked about yesterday, running into a brick wall and just continuing to do it instead of like supplementing it with the short passing game and finding yeah. different ways to make things work Get the ball to on the running game is it going? see what that does for you yeah and, and i'll give yeah. them a pass for the bears game right that's sure. the best run defense in the league yeah. on a yards per carry basis seriously but really you've had good. 61 yards rushing or less in four of your seven games that's not yeah, a good not rushing good. attack right and they played some good run defenses sure. but the vikings were one of them they were terrible in that game yep and even the games they've gotten over 100 yards, a lot of it has just been a 49-yard yeah, rush by Josh Yeah, big explosive Kelly. runs here and there. Darius right? Davis yeah. goes for 50, right? Mm-hmm. So let's sneak this last trick-or-treat here, David, for someone who deserves a shout-out, and that's Donald Barham for what he did in the last game, stepping up for an injured Gerald Everett. But this is the, the buy or sell here, the trick-or-treat here today. Donald Barham showed he needs to continue to be involved in the Chargers passing game. It gives me great pleasure to say treat on this one because it's nice to see Donald Parham Jr. on the field and making an impact. I mean, that's all he's ever really done. I mean, when he plays, he scores touchdowns every yeah, yeah, single sure. time. It's ridiculous. I mean, you look at his numbers this year, 13 receptions on 19 targets, 104 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. Four touchdowns already. And also, he's being used so much better in the red zone. He's being used as the red zone target he is. But, man, he is a very underrated yak threat, Daniel. Yeah. It is unbelievable Trick to have or treat a man. This. Is he the best yak threat on the Chargers? No, I'm not going to say that. That's got to be Austin Eckler, right? Austin Eckler is definitely yeah. the best yak threat. But, hey, this is really impressive. 62 of his yards have come uh, after the catch. And... Four point he averages four point eight yards after the catch per reception, which is eleventh in the NFL. For anyone that has at least fifteen targets, yeah, which nah, exactly, no, right, fifteen targets. Excuse me, fought for a touchdown too. He's been awesome, dragging down those multiple defenders. Right, that was a big one too. Where you know, in this game. Right before halftime, he catches the ball out of the end zone. Could be a little tricky, you know, if they if they bring yeah. him down inbounds. They still had timeouts, but it really would have complicated the whole process there. Instead, yeah. he drags multiple guys into the end zone, gets the charges on the board, gets the touchdown back that they just allowed, right? But, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for the best yak threat, it's definitely Austin Eckler. 
Is Quentin Johnston coming for the second best on this team with Donald Parham? Donald Parham's probably second. I mean, Darius Davis has a case here as well. Very much. Gerald so. Everett, it, you know, you have to fight him to bring him down. We've talked about oh, that yeah. many Every times. Time. I think if he got more north and south, you'd probably see an even better number for him. But both those oh, yeah. guys are top 15 in the league in yards after the catch per catch at tight ends amongst guys who have had 15 targets, which isn't a ton of guys, but both of them have been good in those regards. And the Chargers just in general have been much better in yards after catch this year. And it's nice that they have multiple guys that can do it. So when you see them leaning on this short passing game, a big part of that is the personnel that they have right now and guys who are good at creating. But Quentin Johnson, you know, that drag route, him making three dudes miss on his way for a first down that should have never been a first down, I think is just a glimpse of what that could be because that is definitely has best more yak threat. of that yeah. please has the potential to, to be the best yak threat on this team even better than austin Eckler potentially but austin Eckler showed you i make a guy miss every time i get the ball in space and he did that in the last game so we still have more trick or treats to get to especially on the defensive side of things because guess what david joey bosa is starting to play like joey bosa again is he playing at an elite level as Asante Samuel Jr., the clear-cut cornerback one for this team. We're getting to that coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys to score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, Player props over-unders, and this week the Chargers are opening up as three-point favorites against the Jets in the Meadowlands in New York on Monday Night Football. Another chance to show they're getting better in primetime. Does feel like it's going to be a very close game because of how good the Jets' defense has been for sure, but if you don't want to go with the Chargers on the money line or the spread, you could also go with any time touchdown scores. And the other big thing is in-game live betting. You can change your fortunes in real time. If you see the way the game's going and you feel like there's a bet you need to get in there, you can do live betting on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. David, let's continue this trick-or-treat here. But before we get into that, I do need to tell you guys to make sure you guys are checking out the Lockdown NFL kickoff live show 2 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday with Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs getting into every matchup around the league and getting into the local experts for each of those teams to get the insight on who you should start in fantasy, which teams you should be betting on, and so much more. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on every Lockdown NFL channel. David, let's continue this trick-or-treat with some defensive players with offense getting some love today and talk about Joey Bosa. He's a guy that has been insanely polarizing, and there's reason for it, right? The way he melted down at the end of last season against the Jaguars in that yep. game. Fair. Getting hurt at the beginning of this season and just having you know a history of injuries throughout his career, which have been really frustrating because you know what type of player he is. But we're starting to see him look more like himself, David. So the trick-or-treat here today is Joey Bosa is playing at an elite level again. Yes, indeed he is. Finally, that is going to be a treat, and it is a treat for everyone, including everyone on the Chargers defense, because I've said it, and I'll say it again, Joey Bosa is a force multiplier when he is playing at full strength, and that is exactly what is happening now that he is fully healthy. After this week five, this week uh, against the Chicago Bears, he had five pressures, a sack, three tackles, uh, also had a tackle for loss, and he's looking healthy and strong. Overall, very solid numbers, 17 pressures, 13 tackles, four tackles for loss, four sacks, 
and 12 stops. I think it's just a very well-rounded uh, book of business, if you will, for Joey Bosa, handling himself again on the edge, you know, being very strong in run support, not uh, allowing people to get around him, being able to get off blocks and being able to punish ball carriers. And then he's being very, very effective as a pass rusher as well. We've seen what he's done in limited snaps. Now we've seen what he can do across the uh, an entire football game. Joey Bosa is finally back and he is healthy and hopefully that stays the case for the remainder of the season. I mean, the Chargers defense desperately needs him to be that, right? Yeah. I'd probably trick it. I think it's been probably the level underneath elite. Like, I, I think he's been Fair. very good. And, and I think maybe I just want to see a little bit more of a sample size, right? Like, I, agree. I easily thought the last game was his best game of the season. Yeah. He was a force against the run. He was a force as a pass rusher, right? Five pressures in the last game. Overall, four sacks in six games, which is super nice. I mean, that puts you on yeah. pace for about 12 sacks for the season. And we know a few of those games he was really banged up. I don't Very think there's any so. coincidence that this week was the healthiest week we've seen from him, the most practice yeah. we've seen from him off the injury report. I think that's huge. But with Khalil Mack playing as well as he's playing and Joey Posa playing like this, like I think that... Thule needs some more snaps. Like, you can't forget about Thule. Uh, and he should be keeping those guys fresh so that you're getting each of them for, like, you know, maybe 60 snaps each for Bosa and Mac, and you have another, like, 35 snaps for Thule, and you're keeping yeah. those guys fresh if that's the way the math works out and getting them all on the field at the same time when you can. Yes. I also think, you know, Morgan Fox needs some more snaps as well. I saw Steven Haglin from Guilty as Charge point out, you know, 23 and 20 snaps over the last two games. He's it's not someone, enough. That's easily their best pass rusher. Two sacks against the Cowboys, and then he hasn't played very much over the last couple of games. Their defense and the run defense. Yeah, he has like better. five sacks on the year and in, in limited snaps that he's been yeah. getting. It's he's ridiculous. already had almost as many snaps as he had or sacks as he had all of last year. But yeah, we have more trick or treats to get into, including this David. He's not the only one who's been stepping up defensively. So as Asante Samuel Jr. So the trick or treat here today is Asante Samuel Jr. is CB one for the Chargers. Yeah, I don't think this one's very hard at all. I mean, it, it's definitely a, a treat here. I think it's it's very obvious to me. I mean, he has the highest coverage grade on the team. He has only allowed 100 yards receiving in one time, one game this year. Uh, in the last game, yeah, he gave up the 41 yarder, uh, you know, to kind of start the game. But after that, it was only five catches for 53 yards, and he's only surrendered one touchdown this year. He has a couple of yeah, interceptions. That's could have had a couple more interceptions as well. I love the way he plays the game, but I just feel like he's been very consistent this year. I think he's gotten better yeah. um, year over year than and he's the been consistency in the is league. Huge. We, yeah. We've always talked about that. Yeah, and uh, and I love the I love his mindset. I love his attitude. I love the way he plays the 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 game. He plays with a lot of aggressiveness. Um, but he, he takes some chances as well. But it seems like now that he's been in the league a couple of years, those chances are a lot more calculated, and those are turning into more turnovers. And when I said the CB1 thing, it's a little misleading because obviously he's the Chargers' best corner this year. And you were one of the only people this before this season saying you thought he would be the Chargers' best corner this year. A lot of people still thought it would be J.C. Jackson. I thought it would be Michael Davis, not anticipating you know the, the bounce back in the roller coaster. That has been right. But he has easily been that. But more here in the treat that I'm buying is that he's turning into a, legit, a legitimate CB1 just in the NFL. Like one yeah. of those guys who is in that – upper tier like he's not quite at the level of the sauce gardeners and the, right, the marshawn ladders or the jalen ramseys right? yeah. of the world right he's not quite the pat sertain the second right he's not there he's in the tier underneath that though and i think that is huge for the chargers and, and huge for them going forward because he's trick-or-treat one of the he's one of the best cornerbacks that the chargers have ever drafted 
Oh man, I would have to go look look more of that up. I mean, Antonio <laughs> Camargo, right? Quentin Jammer up there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, you just I, I mean, there's no time to look at that, right? You're, no, you're talking know. about in franchise history. That's kind of tough. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now of the Telesco the era, definitely yes. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot in there to to get super excited about. I mean, the best Chargers corner in the Telesco era is Casey Hayward, who was a free agent signing. So let's get to this trick-or-treat here, Dave, before we go. But, yeah, Sandy Samuel Jr. playing at a really, really high level right now. Easily the best season of his career, which is great to see because he's one of the only guys under contract for them next season going into (laughs) his fourth year, and Michael Davis will be gone. So let's get to this last one here. Kenneth Murray is finally living up to his potential trick-or-treat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to say yes on this one, too. I mean, it's, it's a treat as well, and it's been a treat to watch him play football this year. After a little bit of a, a slow start, uh, I mean, he has really, really caught on. And they, I think really when the Chargers decided to give him the green dot kind of out of necessity, um, that really kind of unlocked things for him. I mean, really, you saw him, you know, fly around, be able to run sideline to sideline, be able to be decisive when he's going through holes. He's the leading tackler for the Chargers this year with 52 tackles, which is 12 more than anybody else on the team. And yeah. he has six tackles for loss, which is one less than the team leader, Khalil Mack, who has seven. Um, also, is his lowest missed tackle percentage since he was a rookie. Um, I just feel like he's definitely played his best football. And it's really, really encouraging to see. It sucks that it's taken this long to be able to see it. Uh, but K-9 is definitely playing very, very, very good for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I would treat that in the sense that it's easily his best season. Like, he's been yeah. a, a legitimately good run defender this year. I don't care what pro football focus grades say. Like, yeah. he's been a good run defender this year and way, way better than we've seen from him. I mean, there's shades of Denzel Perryman at times yeah. with Kenneth Murray, the way he's shooting some of these gaps. Much more physical, much yeah. more decisive, a better tackler, better in coverage. Like, I don't know, you know, probably hasn't done enough to earn another contract, like as we've seen in the Chargers, let all of the linebackers walk, and I don't necessarily think he'll be the guy that decides to resign. Breaks the mold here, yeah. But he's been better in all in all attributes. Right? Yes. In, in every category, he's improved his game, and I think, you know, he's never going to live up to what people thought he would be as a first-round pick, but you're seeing the best version of what I think Kenneth Murray can be. Like you're, you're seeing him actually, I mean, and not to say you can't get better. Like this is obviously putting him on trajectory as a young player where there's still room to grow and he could, but like, this is the the, better than what any of us could have expected going into this year. He has been legitimately good, has made impact plays in the running game, which just, we didn't see enough of in the past. And this is, you know, great news for the chargers and their run defense would not be as good as it is right now and be one of the better run defenses in the league, in some crazy turn event, trick or treat, the Chargers have one of the best run defenses in the league. Treat it's a treat. Like, that's how good it's, it's been for treat, them this man. season. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep it up. But he's been great so far this season, way better than we thought. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow is about you guys. Make sure you guys get your questions in for a Chargers mailbag before we have a special interview later on in the week. To make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can hit us up and ask your questions on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can go into David Drogmeyer's DMs at DroTalkSD. Or you can go find me at DanTalkSports. You can also hit us up on Instagram at LockdownChargers or our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. You can ask us questions anywhere. And if you want to leave a voicemail, you can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 if you want to do what a tier likes to do. So we will be back with you guys tomorrow for our Chargers mailbag. Make sure you guys get your questions in. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.